0: Hi, everybody. This is Phil Ledgewood at Integrity Inspired Solutions. We're an agile software development shop where we are building software day in and day out. Welcome to the show Agile Bytes, where we talk about agility and things that you can do to increase your organization's agility, get buy-in, and most importantly, empower you as a person who wants to bring greater agility to your organization. Hi, Agile folks. We are going to be talking about whether or not you even need to be agile to begin with. Now, I know it may sound a little counterintuitive to talk about why you might want or not want to be agile, because that's the whole basis of this podcast. And as soon as I convince you that you don't need to be agile anymore, then you're going to quit listening, and we're only on episode two. So I'm not going to try to talk you out of it, but I do think it's important before we get too far into our series of podcasts that we really spend some time thinking about why you want to be agile, and is this even the right road for you to go down, I feel like I would be doing you a great disservice to teach you all these great things that you could be doing in your own agile journey, but never really stopping to think, what am I trying to get out of this? Is this even a good use of my time to begin with? So here's what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to take a minute because normally I would tell you a story about my experience, but today I think I'd like to start with a story from your experience. So what I want you to do is sit back, I want you to close your eyes, unless you're listening to this in the car or you're Cora and you're doing the actual podcast recording, I want you to imagine something soothing, the sounds of the ocean, the sounds of Kenny G, the sounds of Kenny G playing in the ocean, splashing about happily with his friends and I want you to think about the first conversation or event that got you thinking about Agile and agility to begin with for your organization. Who was there? What was being said? What were you talking about? Maybe it was a series of conversations. Maybe this happened because it was a mandate from management above you and you just found yourself on the end of this order. Maybe you are the one who initiated this conversation. Maybe you'd been... Uh, reading some books, reading some blogs, maybe you just started listening to this podcast and it sounds kind of neat, and you're the one who started initiating those conversations. But I want you to try to picture in your head that first talk, the first time you earnestly met with people and had a discussion about, okay, now we're going to try to be agile at this organization. And as you're remembering that talk, and as you're remembering what was said, I want you to try to focus on the time when someone said why you were doing it. The time that someone pointed out, here's why we need to do this. Here's what we're going to get out of it. Here are the problems that we're going to overcome or the benefits that we're going to receive if we go down this road. Because let me tell you i have talked to dozens and dozens of organizations as an agile coach and out of those dozens and dozens of organizations i have talked with exactly two who have ever given me a reason that they wanted to increase their agility that i thought actually matched what they wanted that actually fit what agility is best suited for once you get past those two organizations then we get down into a substrate of organizations that don't have any reason for increasing their agility. They've just heard of it, right? Or somebody heard of the Spotify model, and we're not a music streaming service, but for some reason, we think if we do everything Spotify did, we'll experience the success that they did, even though Spotify doesn't even do those things anymore. There, there's just no reason, no specifically stated reason, anyway. But then the vast majority of organizations I talk to, the reasons that they say they want to become agile or increase their agility, usually has something along the lines of we need to increase our efficiency, we need to deliver more, we need to go faster, we have quality issues, we need to increase our quality, we need to reduce the amount of rework that we've got. That is the overwhelming majority of organizations that I talk to, and I want to tell you right now that if your reason A doesn't exist or B falls more into A, we need to get more done, we need to be more efficient, we need to have better quality, we need to have less rework, you don't need increased agility. You may need other things. You may need leaner operations. In this podcast, we're gonna talk a lot about lean practices as well. So if that's the camp you're in, don't feel like you have to tune out because we've still got stuff for you. But from an Agile perspective, from a strictly Agile perspective, you may not actually need to increase your agility to get those things. So let's talk about this for a second. If we look at the Agile manifesto, which is sort of the grassroots of where the whole Agile movement in software uh, I'm not going to say started because a lot of things were started before the manifesto. Scrum in its original form was before the manifesto. XP was all before the manifesto. So it's not like nothing existed in Agile before the manifesto. But that sort of was the first time that we sort of had a broader consensus definition of what we were doing. And if you go back to the manifesto, it doesn't really give you a reason either. It gives you a list of things to value over other things, which is good. And if I could boil those things down, I'm not going to read the manifesto to you, you can do that yourself. But if I were to boil those things down, I would say that we value things that allow us to be flexible in change more than we value the things that lock us into a particular course of action. So we value things like collaboration and we value things that allow us to talk through things, to solve problems, to adjust over the things that kind of lock us into a course of action like following a plan or extensive documentation things like that you know we want evolving working software out of evolving conversations as opposed to a lot of documents and a lot of upfront planning but even the manifesto does not come out and say and here's why you would want to do this or and here are the circumstances in which this will be very helpful It just says we've uncovered better ways of working software. And so you read that and you think, well, if this just helps me build software better, let's just do this. Well, when you get into the manifesto's principles, which I personally like a lot, you start getting into some of the benefits and a picture starts emerging. One of my favorite principles talks about harnessing change as a competitive advantage. That's a benefit, right? That's a benefit statement. Can we harness change for a competitive advantage? So I would like to ask you, listener, does the ability to change your software's direction rapidly benefit you? Is that an important benefit? Are you developing software in an area where you don't really know at the end of the journey how this software is going to go? Maybe you're building something for the open market and you want to get a couple of increments out there, see how the market responds. And depending on what you get back, you may kill that project or you may totally change the direction of your software. Or maybe you're building software to solve a business problem. That's kind of new and emergent. One of my early projects as a consultant was building a broker portal for HSA brokers. And at the time that I built that legislation was still unfolding as far as HSAs went. It was a field that was evolving and the requirements that were valid six months ago Were no longer valid or sometimes even three months ago, we were constantly having to revisit what we were building. So the ability to change the software on a dime without bringing in a bunch of rework was incredibly valuable. But let me ask you in the software that you're building in your software projects, how important is that? Now i'm going to say every software project has a level of the unknown we know this right anyone who's built software before we know there's always uncertainty with every software project the people who want the software they rarely know up front in detail what they want or what they need they have to see things they have to interact with it they have to give you feedback business priorities are going to change you know we may have 100 user stories in the backlog, but the reality is they're not all equally important, right? And there's a bunch of them that we may never do. Every software project has a level of uncertainty to it. But my question to you is, is your software project so uncertain that you don't even know what you're going to be building in the even near future? You don't even know what that product is going to look like. The more uncertain... Your software concept is the more valuable agility is. The less freeform and exploratory and experimental your project is, the less valuable agility is. Because increasing your agility has very little to do with increasing your efficiency or increasing the rate at which you can deliver software, or increasing the quality of your software. These are things that are side effects that may happen as you become more agile, but increasing your agility itself doesn't do that. And where I really want to sort of bring focus to this is the practice of Scrum. There are a lot of y'all out there doing Scrum, and you don't need to. (laughs) Okay, Scrum was actually designed from manufacturing, it actually comes from manufacturing, the new, new product development game. And the problem that they were trying to solve is in a market that's flooded with products, how do we innovate? How do we do something with our product that's disruptive, that makes us more money? And the examples they used were cameras, right, to start out with. There's all these cameras out there on the market. How do we innovate in the camera space? And Scrum was a way to do that, because the way Scrum works is you work on something for a very short period of time and you stop and then you say, okay, well, we built this product increment. Do we want to keep going down this road? Do we need to do something completely different? We kind of need to sit and take a breather and we need to think about what our next round of features are going to be. It's designed for environments that are very exploratory. It's where from one sprint to the next, I really don't know what we're going to build. Like we're having to take just a couple of baby steps into that dark room, see where we're at, and then take a couple more baby steps into that dark room. Cause we really don't know where we're going. We really don't know where we're going to end up. And in those kinds of projects, Scrum is invaluable because it forces you to build your product in small time boxed chunks, and at the end of each of those chunks, you pause, you take a breather, you think about how things are going, and then you plan how the product is going to go from there. But if you're a scrum team and you have a backlog with more than a sprint or maybe two items in it, You probably don't need Scrum because you probably have a firm enough idea of your software product that the exploratory nature of Scrum isn't really doing anything for you. And all you're really doing is placing time box deadlines on a development process that could just just as easily be continuous. And if what you're after is, well, we want to We want to deliver faster, or we want to collaborate more with our users, or we want to be more predictable, or we want higher quality. We want less rework. We want more collaboration. We want fewer silos. If those are the things you want, you don't need Scrum to do any of those things. You can do all of those things with practices that are like Scrum or come from completely different disciplines. But I want to point that out, and it's not to pick on Scrum. Scrum is fine, it's great. But what I'm trying to throw out there is a lot of teams are using Scrum for software projects because they want things that Scrum was never designed to give them. And that's how agility works as well. So I want you to think about your software and your needs, what you're trying to get done, And think, do I really need the ability to shift at a moment's notice? Am am I really in a scenario where I don't know what the next week is going to bring as far as this product goes? Or I don't know what's going to happen with the market or my business or the legislation or with this business problem I'm going to try to solve. I'm only thinking of the next three or four features because if I think too much further out than that, Things are going to change and I'm going to need to pivot. If you're in that situation, then increasing your agility is exactly what you need to do. If you're not in that situation and you just want to develop better software, have better software development practices, you want to be faster, you want to be more predictable, you want less, all those things that I talked about, we will definitely talk about all of those things. We will definitely hit all of those things in the podcast. But what I really want for you to do, if you're listening to this podcast today, is just take a minute. Think about if you are trying to increase your organization's agility, why? What do you want to get out of it? Identify the specific benefits and the specific reasons that it's worth it to you to make your organization more agile. Because if you don't know what the why is, then not only will you not know if you're successful or not, You're not going to be able to pick the best way to get there. And so I highly encourage you before you learn all my great tips on how to do a good standup. And I have great tips on how to do a good standup. Or you hear what makes for a good user story and what doesn't make for a good user story. Or we learn about things like flow metrics and predictability and Monte Carlo simulations and all that cool stuff. Before we get too far down that road, what are you really looking for? What counts as success to you? Why are you doing this to begin with? Take a minute to figure that out, and then I promise you the rest of your journey is gonna be so much easier. Thanks everyone for listening to Agile Bites. Agile does sometimes bite, but we don't think it always has to. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you happen to be using. And if you can, leave us a comment because we'd love to hear your feedback. What things would you like to hear about? What things did you hear that were valuable to you today? You can also head over to integrityinspired.com to sign up to our email list. But that's all for today, folks. We'll see you next time.